Welcome to Spaghetti Launchers, a world-building podcast where we throw spaghetti at the wall and it's up to you what sticks. Each episode, we go in-depth on an element of fictional worlds, breaking it down, developing unique examples live on the fly to give you ideas you can copy, steal, or be inspired by. Whether you're a writer, a GM, or an all-around nerd goblin. Nerd goblin? Just looking to indulge your imagination, we've got you covered. I'm Kyle. I think I'm Ethan. And on this episode, we'll be discussing marriage, marriage rituals. With an the joining of souls together, and our souls are far from joined together today, Ethan, as we are separated because of this little bastard of a thing called COVID nineteen. As we both were at a wedding over the weekend that turned into a bit of a super spreader event, and we were both heavily exposed and believing we're probably about to come down with COVID ourselves, so we are at our own houses and recording this over Zoom. Now, as you can tell, I have good audio. He does not because me, me, I own the mics me, me. and he I'm has his, his AirPods. And I have the good stuff. And me, me, me. <laughs> I mean, it's true. But that important caveat about the audio difference you might, you might experience and uh, a bit of a lag that we are not familiar with. Uh, but we are happy to be getting into this. And as we were sitting at this wedding, we were both like, we should probably talk about marriage in this week's episode. Um, marriage here we are marriage is what brings us together to die sadly the priest did not do that instead he told us just to be catholic basically so what comes to your mind as like cool wedding rituals i'm immediately thinking of that there's like the excellent scene scenes i think in game of thrones where they have like the wedding Mm -hmm. ritual where they like wrap the the like that piece of cloth around their hands together as they like recite mm-hmm. recite the wedding vows but that mm-hmm. like the imagery of just the simplicity of like the binding together was really cool and i think a yeah. bit more elegant almost than like wedding rings being placed on someone's finger in like western culture in like in you know our world it seems pretty mm-hmm. pretty mundane and uninteresting but i was a i was a really big fan of uh, the wedding scene in James Cameron Avatar when the uh the Navi uh Sully Neytiri, I think her name was, where they got married, but first they they jointly connected to the sacred tree. So it was yep. a spiritual but also a physical experience, which we claim which weddings are here for for us too. But it, there was a physical element to the spirituality. I thought that was really cool, like having mm-hmm. that joined neurological connection. Um, so that they could actually share an experience physically like experience the same thing. I thought that yeah. was really cool. It's really cool. And I think it'd be interesting if it was like, so if, if you're, you want that idea, but you don't have a world where that's like standardized magic. If it was mm. like, like a drug or something you could do that was like a temporary or like a one spell that's really powerful and like potent and it's reserved for these types. So it's like you get to share mm-hmm. the experience of the wedding itself. And then after mm-hmm. that, it's faded, and then you're back to, like, you have your individual sense of feeling. But for this, like, ceremony of joining, you are um, you are feeling it together for, like, so you have, like, a 24-hour like period where you can share each other's emotions and feelings. So and that's whatever. cool. Almost so you, like imagining if there were, if this were a world where telepathy were very, yeah. very common, right? I imagine that you would probably be walking around with a bunch of guards up so you're not absorbing every single errant thought from yeah. someone around you. And so maybe just sort of like in, in, in the end of Twilight. Um, Twilight references coming out early. I can't believe I just said that. I mean, if we're talking about a romantic topic in the world of fantasy world building, I think it's fair. 
it, uh, I, I think so too. And that is a very cool thing when, uh, when Bella becomes a vampire, it's real. The whole thing throughout the whole series is Edward can't read Bella's mind. That's her whole shtick and why this many centuries year old person is obsessed with a teenager. We'll discuss the morals and ethics of, of, of Twilight no, we will, later. We will never, we will never discuss no, we it. It's, any, it's in so any deeply problematic anyway. Yeah, it's fucking but, stupid. But it, it's That's, this is the extent of our conversation it's about awful. Twilight. Yeah. It's awful. I hate it. Um, but the cool thing is that she lets her, her psychic barriers down so he can finally read her mind oh. and see how much she really loves him. That's interesting. And that could be, that could be a cool thing to do very similar. And you could do that magically through, mm. through telepathy, biologic telepathy, kind of like the X-Men, or you could even do it technologically. Like um, what is Pacific Rim when they have the drift and they're connected to each other. I, I have never seen the Pacific Rim. You have, what the fuck is wrong they, with you? They're famous. They were like, they were just a bunch of hot garbage in the Transformers. Kyle, that's the point of that's not true. It was, we have different movie Guillermo preferences. Oh, oh, I don't Kyle, care. It's so, it's so good. No, it's not. Yes. Yeah. It, it, you wouldn't know. You haven't seen it. Yeah. Well, I, you know, Metacritic. Yeah, no, 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 no. You're wrong. What does Metacritic have to say about this movie? Probably really good things because it's great. Metacritic says it's a 65. Right, exactly, which is awesome. Mm. It's a great yep. spot to be in, and it's a cult classic, and you should watch it, and it's insane. But Anyway, your point? Idris Elba in it screams the phrase, we are canceling the apocalypse. I don't know what else you want out of a movie-going experience. <laughs> I, like, your standards right, are just that's way pretty, too high. That's pretty good. All right. Um, but well, what's your point regarding Pacific Rim? And the drift that in, in, in that they have technology that allows two people to share memories, thoughts and experiences because the neural load of piloting a giant Megazord like Gundam oh, robot much. is too much for one brain. But having two brains working together, they need to be in perfect sync. So they develop DARPA like technology to connect two human brains <laughs> and make yeah. it work. And yeah. some some noodles on that is like the notion because you were talking about like oh yeah uh, bella could drop it so edward could see that like she really liked him but you could also do that it creates an interesting opportunity for like a fucked up story about like a psychopath who or a sociopath mm. like i'm thinking of dexter now who mm. just like could lie like i need to make this person think that i truly love them and for like the whole wedding day just takes it all in and just really loves it and is like like leans into it but is like fooling their own feelings like really putting mm. it on so th this person will be fully like yeah they're great um and then after but it's all a, a bit of a ruse and i don't really know that there's much more to that other than like just i'm basically saying hey this could have made dexter's marriage work it could have um, actually well not really dexter's marriage would have worked if not for the fact that dexter was a serial killer and it got it got her in the end so mm. Mm, everybody should watch dexter because it's fucking good but I think the That's notion a, that you have like a fused thing for the wedding yeah. ceremony it, itself is interesting. Um, the the biological or a metaphysical fusing is is really fun. Or you could even do it. And I'm again, I have being in my guest room. I'm looking around, and we have some of the Hunger Games books on our shelf. And it made me think. Well, what if? Um, you know, famously at the end of the Hunger Games, the first book, they they threatened to both eat the poison berries at the same time. They refused to take 
to take each other's lives, to kill each other, like you would yeah. normally in the Hunger Games. And this could be very macabre, very dark. But what if there were a ritual that involved something like that, where you would have to both sort of essentially make a suicide pact? And, and that's that's dark a dark way mm. of saying it. But if you're literally right. saying like, you know, till till death do us part, it's well, what if death is the only thing, is the thing that parts us? And so there's yeah. something either technologically or magically or spiritually okay. that bonds you together. And so literally, if one person dies, so does the other one. Uh, noodles on this. Okay, so I like where you're going. I'm going to spin it back and say, in order to, in this world, in order to become married, in order to become wed, however you want to phrase that, um, mm you have to go through a ritual whereby you are killed. Like you, you do both have to die and be reborn oh. through your love. So cool. it's like a test of what, and it only will work if you both truly love each other. So like if one of the people is like non-committed really is like right. half-assing it, it won't work and they'll both just fucking die. Wow. So you have I love to, that. I absolutely have, love that. You have to be like full into it. And then it creates an interesting opportunity for like for in, an, an engagement to be, I don't know, like thinking of like a backstory for like a like an RPG backstory <laughs> where somebody is like about to go through with, with a marriage the and they have this pact and they like their partner drinks the liquid that like the poison they're supposed to drink and they don't mm. because they realize they're like, wait, I don't love this person. And this person, right, the other they, person know, they, they know. And the other person has already drunk it. And then however you want to play that out of like them panicking. And then maybe they're on the run because they've basically committed murder. I was going to say, would runaway bride be just an, or runaway groom be just another phrase for, for serial killer? A little bit. Well, I, I don't think you could get away with it very often, but it'd also be like, it'd have to be, it takes a long time to get to that point. Cause you have to, you have to convince somebody that they love like they have to love you like in order to be willing to do it um mm -hmm. so it's a really it's a really elaborate way to be a serial killer but it you know but it like more of like if you were doing it in an innocent way and then it's like someone just truly realizing their feelings are not what they thought it was and then they're on the run and then they like go live a life of adventure because they can never they're like hiding from the fact that they did this thing and they feel so guilty and whatever because or maybe they're trying to Oh, maybe they're, they're out there trying to get like much like uh, the D D movie. They're trying to get like mm. a resurrection tablet of some of some kind to bring yeah, back yeah, the yeah, person yeah. that they that they they killed them. Wrong. Yeah, they wrong. Now their quest is: I need to make this up to them. They died because of me because I didn't understand my love or whatever. And then throughout the story, they fall in love with the person in a way, like through the, their memory or whatever. And then they realize that they had this power of love. And then they come back from that alone. And then you have like a nice sweet little bow on that. Boop. Or what if the person dies on the quest and then they're realizing their love is so strong and then they're both resurrected, but they're they're hundreds or thousands of miles apart. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. Similar. I, I like that. So think... what would let's let's dig into this a little bit more on if you lived in a world where this was the case, I imagine that marriage would probably be much rarer i think it'd be that you'd end up with a lot more people in long-term partnerships raising kids 
with like the mm -hmm. understanding of this is good enough. And because they, and there's like an unspoken reality that everybody knows, which is that we don't love each other truly. Or we, but, maybe they do, but they might not. Mm, or they're, or they're, they're, they're like, afraid. there's a built in insecurity to it. Yeah. Because it's not like, like, because if, if you ask somebody to marry you, it's a similar concept, except for the stakes are just, it could fail, not that I could die. Well, and that's the other question is in this world, what happens like if you do get married, but then you fall out of love over time? Ooh. Do you do you both die then because the bond was broken? Interesting. That's a good question. I'm trying to think if there's like, like is it like is it that you're sort of almost necromancy, right? Like where you are both dead. It's just the other's life force is keeping you alive through that bond. I hadn't thought about it in that way, but yeah, you're right. That is basically what's happening in this scenario is that you are being kept alive by their life force. So maybe it is maybe you start to feel ill. Like like you start mm. to feel it. Like you start to feel that something's going wrong that you're getting sick and that it's mm. like it is the like essentially the call to renew your vows or the call. Oh, and maybe that's the benefit of getting married is that by doing that, you like, because I was thinking as you were talking about long-term partnerships, it's like, okay, well then what are the benefits of marriage? Then mm. if all it means we're like, Ooh. so there has to be like, obviously there's the commitment of love, but you yeah. know, here we incentivize people through, like tax benefits and things like that. Yeah. Like there is a benefit to marriage. And so maybe the benefit is not only that is literally you have a partner for life, right? Where your yeah. life, because you're, you're living another person's life, your own life is made better and, and you are made physically better. Well, I'm thinking stronger. more, that, you know what I mean? Like, I'm thinking more that it is, you can be kept alive into perpetuity by that love. Mm. So, you could theoretically literally i give you my heart no more like you are we are both 1500 years old now because we we have stayed in love this entire time like you know that like that whole idea of the married couple who they both are in their 90s they're married for 60 years they both mm -hmm. died at the same time like they like you know it's the, like the notebook or whatever like you go out never together. seen the notebook see i will not return the favor or if bang like you haven't seen this movie ethan it's really a classic oh I'm well gonna... see the difference is i know that i should see it yeah you probably should it's really good but it, i think at this point it's I probably know. pretty cringy and like uncomfortable like any romance movie from that sure. era where they're like slash oh, any nicholas sparks movie whatsoever yeah they're all really problematic but but anyway like the notion at the end, at the end of the movie like you know the two love lovebirds dying in each other's arms kind of thing at like when they're really old and mm -hmm. that that notion but be, like extend that out like oh well what if their bodies aren't failing them what if they could just keep mm -hmm. going and they're powered by that mm -hmm. love because in those like mm -hmm. in those circumstances their death is powered by their love because it, like my my step grandfather died like within a year of his of his wife dying because he just like had mm -hmm. nothing in him anymore he's like i give up right. and, and and just died like he was totally healthy until she died and then he just fell downhill. And that's like a common thing. But what if you mm -hmm. just said, oh, but actually the inverse of like that love is so powerful. You can just keep powering each other by by their love existing. He could have kept her alive and she could have kept him alive. I see what you're saying. I misunderstood. And made them immortal. Like that's what I'm getting. It's like right. immortality being achievable by, by being yeah. truly in love. It, it ups the ante for people to 
truly be searching for a partner their entire life. So you could have people, I think you in, in, in this scenario, you have a lot more uh, infidelity because unless you, you unless you have actually gone in, into a marriage with somebody and thus <laughs> that requirement of true love that is well understood, you like you kind of have to keep it open because you could like you know and your partner knows that this isn't a true thing because you haven't gone the extra step and you're trying to find that that person so you can live forever so then you'd probably have a society where people are just fucking around everywhere i think you might you could also maybe there's a subsection of people that's i could see there being a subsection of people that splinter off and say okay we don't need this we find love in our community and have more of a like you know, it takes a village approach. You keep each other alive. You you very deliberate, but they're very deliberate about it. So you're not trying to keep your, you're trying just only to live the natural life that you are designed to, right? And they do it as a community yeah. and it's much yeah. more communal love, polyamory, whatever you want to call it. I could yeah. see there being a group like that. I think you're right though. I could see, I wonder if, I think, I do think that marriage would be much rarer in this world. I wonder yeah. also if maybe it would be more polarized and I, when it happened would be more polarized. I think we would probably see to your earlier point, older people getting married more uh -huh. because it take, it might take longer yeah. to find a partner. Mm -hmm. I also could see very Romeo and Juliet style I could see a lot of teenagers trying to do this and dying. Oh God, that's so interesting. Yes, it would it would create a huge Romeo and Juliet syndrome. You'd have so many right? like young love incidents, the suicide epidemic in the real world, but applied it in a very weird way. Of it's the um, the love murder epidemic. Yeah, like yeah, where, oh, but man. it but it's total, but it's innocent, and by innocent, yeah. I mean, it's just they have teenagers. no idea who have no idea who feel like, I mean, you, you remember being a teenager, like the intensity of those feelings. You're like, this has to be true love. This can't be anything but, and then, uh-oh. Yeah, that's a good, yeah, I, I like that that notion a lot. I think that's, that's fucked. Uh, I'm here for it. Now going in a slightly different direction with, uh, yeah. with, with this, with some other noodles, take away the notion that the entry is, that the barrier to entry is so high and let's make it more, the barrier to exit is so high because you got you you spoke about this with like the suicide pact think about marriage the pre-anglican split in christianity it took henry the eighth had to just chop off like three different heads before he he was like actually i could probably just start my own religion where i can get divorced mm -hmm. the real world we had it where like divorce was just not allowed and some religions still have that and some people well, and still some, have that. some some states still do not believe in no-fault divorce oh yeah when some are trying to push it and fuck you if you're trying they're to push not, for that stuff i know you're i can't idiot. believe they're trying to bring that shit back Fucking it's really stupid all that shit it drives yeah. me it's also it, it's so stupid it's so pathetic but anyway like but the notion that like i'm trying to frame it in a way that's different than what we talked about before of like not necessarily like a suicide pact but it's like um it could be that you oh okay what if it is that instead of that you truly like you talked about fusing earlier you actually fuse. You become one singular being. Your consciousnesses are merged. Like you know how like uh, I I always find it funny that like in in a few years 
when uh, we, we have a bunch of kids with too many hyphen with like both of their parents have hyphenated names because increasingly mm -hmm. people keep, keep people keeping their own names, which is like good, good on you, do what you want. But then we're mm -hmm. going to end up with a bunch of hyphenated names and people are going to just come up, start to invent new last names because you kind of can't mm -hmm. have like a last name that's seven different names, you know? Mm -hmm. The idea that like when you're getting married, you just make a new name. So what if when you're getting married, you just make a new person? You both just go into a goo form together, essentially, and just rebuild yourselves as a different type of person. And so there is with two brains. There, it, wait, say more about the two brains. It could be literally two brains, but I'm more thinking like your consciousnesses are fused. Both of you are in there. So Ethan and Kyle get married. Sorry, Liz. And both of our consciousnesses are in the same mind. We both can Hyphen, talk to each other. Elile, <laughs> Ethyle, Ethel. Yeah, I, I feel like Ethel works because that's an actual name. Uh, let's yeah. go with Ethel. The two consciousness could actually talk to each other. <laughs> I don't know what a Siamese twin situation is, but I feel like like imagining that, but it's like one singular body. It's just yeah. two brains with two minds within it. So you like that's interesting. The mind meld and and like there's probably some indication like physically where you can tell that is a married person that is two individuals in one body. But it could be like maybe, maybe there, maybe it's something. Maybe it's they have heterochromia, right? Where one yeah. eye is one color, yeah. Or they have, um, yeah, that's interesting. Or like, or like they, they have to pick different parts from each other. So you have Ooh, to that's take. Interesting. So like you merge the like much like. Um, oh, that would be a business right there. That would be that would be a, a body planning industry or something yeah. like that. It's kind of like that would hundred. It's kind of like Gattaca, but you only get to work with what you got. So, like, you have the DNA of the two individuals, and you and you you could pick and choose between that DNA to be like, we want we want his brown eyes and his blonde hair, and like mm -hmm. then you merge those together. And make, well, that's what you got. You know, right. you could like, oh, you have a you have great feet, but I have yeah. better calves, and then you could like merge those two together and be like, well, yeah. we, we 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 picked the some real life CRISPR shit. <laughs> Basically, yeah. No, but, but it like, is. Like, yeah. You go into like a hypernative metamorphosis state. So like your honeymoon is literally going into like a cocoon. Like you both walk into a cocoon and then you emerge whatever point you want after you've decided on what your new person will be um, right. afterwards. And so then you, you get to literally spend all your waking time together in this scenario. And this is a world where that's desirable um, and where that's like seen as like the pinnacle of existence this is like very a very like if cronenberg made an anime <laughs> i don't really know how to add to that i think that's just a good that's just a good assessment yeah and because all i'm thinking of where, where i originally thought you we were gonna go i think this is way more interesting where i originally thought you were gonna go was um were you a big dragon ball z fan i can't remember absolutely dude i tried to yeah, make so a Kamehameha work in real life so many times of I, like, I can do it but if i think about the energy enough i can do it i did that too it was it was every hours, i think every boy of our generation of did that yeah you'd watch dragon ball z and you'd sit there gone. in the corner being, i can fucking do it i believe in I myself can do it i can do it i can do it do you remember when they did like they had all the fusion dances and and then they had the potara earrings that fused goku and vegeta permanently mm -hmm. No, I don't remember that. Oh, that was that was way later. But so that was when the show started getting kind of going off the rails a little bit. They had a plot where basically the only way for to beat this evil this evil pink being was for two characters oh, to fuse. Yeah, Majin Buu. 
And um, the only way they could do it was to do fusion. And there were two techniques. One was the fusion dance, which gave you fused bodies for like an hour or 30 minutes or something like that. And then there were these magical earrings that would fuse you, but permanently, right? And so you could do it either of those two ways. And maybe you could incorporate that somehow. Like what if the fusion dance, there were a way, there were a way to temporarily merge so that you could kind of test it out and see, oh, the, you know, that's almost like the last test of a relationship to see, like, okay, how does this work for 30 minutes or an hour to see how do we go? How do we do as a singular being before it becomes permanent? Mm, yeah. I think I think that makes sense. I think that's interesting. Of like, I like the idea of like, um, I like the idea of multiple rituals that get you to the point where you're in the final state of being merged. So, well, because that's that's also that is very akin to what happens in real life too. Yeah, is that marriage we think of it as just the ceremony, but there's a lot that goes into it, and there yeah. are rituals and rituals, you know, and there are things that we have ritualized. Yeah, like wedding showers and rehearsals yeah. and rehearsal yeah. dinners and yeah. these are all parts of the ritual yeah and thinking about weddings as a social construct that mm -hmm. uh, industry business different economic interests have um a desire yeah, it's like a, it's like to, a billion dollar something or more industry now. it's 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 huge. crazy so i'm thinking about like if you're looking at like a fantasy world who's going to want to be engaged and in as i think it would be like a, a pretty classic trope or idea to go to the the notion of a dowry um mm -hmm. at the wedding we were at this weekend that has sidelined both of us um the 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 father of the bride gave a speech and he and he made this these joking um, that was such a great re references that to was so fucking lovely it, it was great but he made all these references to like he was like get, offering up three parts of, of a dowry and they were all like joke little items I mean, we would they, tell weren't, about they were incredibly touching yes like... but they weren't real dowries what i'm saying they were like Correct. they weren't a real dowry but the notion that you had you have things that for a dowry that aren't just money or like real estate or like animals which are the most common things you'd probably find as a dowry in the real sure. world Sure. So thinking about a fantasy world of like what the dowry could be and then thus having economic interests getting engaged where so say you have say you have like a, a mining guild who's pushing for the dowry to include uh, a certain amount of silver because yeah. of course and that seems so pretty like precious gems or metals. Yeah. And that seems pretty obvious. But like what if you had um, a mages guild who says that you should be giving a dowry that is a certain percent of like you should have um ruins or runes carved into uh the furniture that you're that you're providing as like these are protected uh and like maybe so also a wedding gift idea of like to be truly a a gift worthy of the wedding you have inscribed runes that are like oh they're awards this will protect your home kind of thing oh that's or, cool i can see that yeah that would be really cool i could also see something um any sort of artisans guild saying that are well you have to wear something that we've made from our yeah. highest materials right you have to pay for it you could even do something if you wanted to combine all of these make it so that the you know like the dowry has to be part of it you know it's i i'm just making this up off the top of my head 
one party or maybe each party has to present the other with a gift. And that gift has to be from this kind of special rare beast that they kill together and then they use some like tooth or horn from or hide from that beast to give to the artisans guild and they make it into a robe or a horn or or some armor or something right and then it's adorned with like link all of them together so it's sort of like a community aspect of yeah of it it would be like a two-way dowry you could say yeah the the bride's family has to provide this part and the groom's family has to provide this part and if not and, and if one of you doesn't live up to it then the wedding's off right and it increases the stakes and especially if it's like yeah go, go you gotta go kill some beasts to acquire it too and maybe uh, that's also another way of like testing or proving the metal of the relationship if this yeah. is a hunter-based society of all right well the hunter the, the 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 couple has to go and hunt something dangerous together yeah to prove their ability to cooperate and partner mm-hmm. There's a there's a book called The Ember Blade, which I don't like um, very much, um, but it has. I've and it's heard a, of it. I mean, it, it sits on my shelves. So you probably just seen it. Um, probably. There is a a culture in there that I think that I I really liked, and it's this like crazy weird guy named Grub, um, who's like very aggressive, like barbarian. It's basically a barbarian who is who everybody from this culture has to go out at a certain point, like they're like their ritual or like the rite of passage for their society is to go out and to travel the world and basically be a brigand successfully go kill a bunch of people go be a fucking nuisance go go like conquer beasts this is a dark rum springer kind of yeah it's a dark rum springer but like and it's not as a way to like go get it out of your system it's like prove your worth come back Mm. with your trophies and it's like you could basically go from like you are nobody in the society to you go do this rumspring a thing and you come back and you are elevated quite a lot because you have so many trophies and your conquests are so significant. So I'm thinking about that in, the, in this context of in order to like, you know, like the notion of like you have to ask for the father's permission. Um, mm-hmm. What if it's you, you don't ask for the permission you you say you like declare I intend to marry you. I am going to go find i'm going to go like bring back whatever the biggest conquest of a of a monster i can like basically go be a witcher and come back with what with what you can find and that's your way to prove your worth so the suitor like the 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 suitor that the courtship thank you the courtship is basically decided by who can go conquer the greatest beast or monster or whatever and bring that back well that's actually that actually sounds very similar to you know when you when you would i mean think about um I mean, shit, think about Aladdin, right? When it was all Princess Jasmine just kept having these princes come and parade in front of her father as a way of being like, give your daughter to me, give your daughter to me, yeah. give your daughter to me. So it's just another way of, yeah. of proving that. I like that, though, because, again, it sort of brings us back to this idea where we were for most of society, where marriage was not necessarily entirely romantically motivated. Yeah. Let's just put yeah. it that way. No, it, it was it's economically, financially, politically motivated. Yeah, it's like um, when you watch any like period piece, and they're like, "Oh, but but the the viscount has so much money, we have to marry him." And you're like, "Well, do you like him?" No. Okay. Well, then no. why are you marrying him? And <laughs> because I, he's the viscount, you say <laughs> no to the comptroller. <laughs> but okay, so take that notion. Let's take let's take the notion of it not being about romance. It's just about. Mm-hmm. 
it's about expediency. It's about uh, station. It's about whatever it is. I'm trying to think of like, like what other things could it be about? Because you could have it be about skill. So I'm thinking in like a more brutal, dark, like post-apocalyptic world where the marriage is a way to solidify that like you both have skills that are useful to one another and you've entered into a partnership to like to like lock in that skill at your side you you find people who have the most congruous skills of like yes we hunters can, and gatherers you mean. yeah basically like we balance each other out but now add the variety of skills that you would have in a more advanced society and well, that then... that kind of make and, and I'm sorry to interrupt, but that kind of brings me back to what you were talking about before about what are you bringing to the party as far as your dowry goes? You know, you have to be able to show. Yeah, maybe the dowry is like, oh, our family is known for their pancakes. Yeah. So we're going to make you the best fucking pancakes you ever had. Yeah. Which is like classic dowry stuff, I suppose. Yeah, I guess that's fair. I guess that's not that interesting. I'm running out of noodles on this one, and I want to go to a different a different direction. So I, I actually before before you get we get too far away. So here's here's a thought. Here's okay. what if it were this? It's a martially based society, right? Uh-huh. Think about we both watch a lot of Matt Colville. He defines he uses a chaotic society uh, and defines it by looking at. Um, like the Fremen in Dune or uh, Black Panther, where leadership is determined by a fight to the death, right? Mm -hmm. Take that, if you apply that to marriage, maybe it wasn't a fight to the death, though, but maybe it was combat. Maybe it was, you know, like a Hunger Games style hunt or a competition of some kind, or even just a fight between two people and whoever who were betrothed and whoever it was that won the other would join, would become part of that person's house, of the winner's house. Yeah. Is it that creates a lot of chaotic, but like there's great political intrigue though, because then theoretically you're just picking like the biggest house would be made up of all of the best fighters, right? Like that would incentivize families to invest in training and fighting. Well, so, okay. Let me ask you this. Is there shame in losing that bout? I, do not have an answer to that question because I think that creates an interesting dynamic of if you if you end up with like a monopoly of the people who are best at fighting kind of accruing everybody by winning those those fights and then every other part of society would just avoid them because they don't or they would join them because it just depends but if you if you have a society where like it's martially focused where like winning a fight is so important you you would almost be shaming that person by making them join that new house and you set a weird tone for that marriage, but then you might also breed resentment and they may just kill their spouse. Maybe. And then you've got, you've got a, you have like, you have a lot of crises being invited by that. Depending, depending on how it's structured. Cause you, you, you could have it. You could have a situation instead. Like this is one way to go with it, but you could make it where, there is no shame that there is like um there's like a camaraderie among all of these houses and it's very externally focused thinking of it like like sports teams you might be on top now but give it a couple seasons and we'll, and you'll be further down and we'll be higher up because one of these people is going to get injured one of these people is going to die we're going to have like the new talent like this this new kid is 
16 and like a real badass. Maybe you have it in, I'm thinking back to Game of Thrones when you had uh, the mountain versus the viper, right? Where it's not, yes, there's combat, but just because you have a house that's the biggest and the strongest doesn't mean that you're going to win every fight. Well, I mean, I'm not assuming that that they are the biggest and strongest. I'm assuming they're just the most talented fighters because you. I'm assuming the mountain and the viper be in the same house. Mm, I see what you're saying. That's what I'm thinking. Um, mm. But 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 I'm thinking more of like over the long run, it would it would even out a bit more like because you could make it where it all becomes monopolized, and it's basically this is the house who basically just uh, takes who they want because because they'll win all the fights. So so they whoever they propose to basically, it's like yeah, you're gonna join our house because like you're required and less, to. Unless this is. I wonder, are we assuming that this only would work if a proposal could not be refused, right? Let's get back to Mm no-fault divorce. What if proposals could be refused? People can absolutely decline. And it's more of that people are probably not going to be so... What will be the incentive to decline if if you see that's the most powerful house? Can't beat them, join them, man. Like, why wouldn't I join them? And I, I, it depends on how much rivalry you infuse into this world. Of yeah. are these houses rivals or are they more friendly? And uh, or like, what kind of rivalry is it? Is it a friendly rivalry? Are they just like, ah, yeah, they're beating us right now, but we'll get them back? Or is it I fucking hate them and we will kill them? The two, like the tone you create, yeah, sets sets the expectation for the long run because it could be much more of like, how do we topple this house? Or it could be. Yeah, like whatever, you know, we're all winning out in here in the end. And then you just homogenize into one house. I don't know. Or you and you could just yeah, you create know. that gap. Yeah, I don't know. That's a that's an interesting. I think I think the I notion I think the notion of like some sort of. Uh, randomness almost or like a variety of what house, you know, like the fact that like you know in human society like the patriarchy basically just dictates oh yeah you take your husband's name and we move on and it's like well what if you took the wife's name and we don't we don't ever entertain that notion in the real world very often and maybe increasingly so maybe but not so much yet any application of flipping those gender norms and those marriage norms in your world of like maybe it's not a martial fight maybe it's maybe it's just who has more what? reputation, you join that house. So say you have in like a any period piece, go back to period piece of 17th century England. It is all about the women have to be married off to another house. And so if you're a high ranking house, you have to find a higher ranking spouse. And that's really hard yeah. and it limits the pool at the top there. And then you end up with right. really unhappy people and unhappy marriages and not always like good political alliances per se. What if you instead took a society and you said, okay, these men will marry in, into the woman's family. And so then you, you can have this crossing of station. So if Mary Elizabeth is of like a high ranking house and she really fancies the son of like the second in command at the the fisherman's guild or whatever pretty powerful father like he'll be first in command he'll probably like there's a lot of wealth there's a lot of power in that but it's not like doesn't have the traditional esteem 
that like another member of a high house would have. But if but if he could marry into their house and then boom, you have a really fucking powerful alliance because you, you just got like a new untraditional linkage to your house and kind of yeah. changing up the dynamic. Yeah. This is because especially in like I think in any fantasy uh, content, there's going to be a reliance on like old feudal bullshit of like, well, how about take right. the feudal bullshit, but make it so that it's a bit more free flowing. But it's like, yeah, they're feudal lords because yeah. they have a lot of real estate, but they also keep getting more real estate by and more diversified income by like marrying people into their house that aren't just like the female or like the daughters of other houses. They're the sons of other houses. Yeah. What if this there's there's a way you could do this by instilling and I don't know how you would build it in, but you could just hand wave it and say because of history. What if it was a there were the cultural expectation where whenever two people got married they both left their houses and then went to join another house right like if you think of this feudal mm -hmm. lord scenario right let's say you've got it what is it in isn't there something somewhere called like the triarchy isn't that a thing probably but i don't know i don't I, know where i can't remember but but let's say you've got three ruling houses right the 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 gold the silver and the bronze and then the two people, one from the gold house and one from the silver house, get married. By cultural expectation, they then move and they join the bronze house. They have to. And then bronze and gold get married. They move and join the silver. Silver and gold get married. They have to join the gold. And so you keep having this influx and movement of people around and this diversification like you were talking about. But it's it's more... It's less like there's this cultural expectation that gives it guidance or limit or something like that. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, maybe something there, but I don't really know. I'm just merely thinking of like mm -hmm. the inbred element there. Uh, it's a lot of, mm, yeah, probably a lot of inbreeding over the long run. But I, so yeah. I, I want to take it uh, a slightly different direction with some new noodles, mm -hmm. um, which is this notion that I have of like, okay. We're talking about marriage, but what if we just keep it pretty straightforward and like we transplant our ideas of a wedding and of a marriage rights into a fantasy world, but we just add the fact mm -hmm. that magic is real. And what do you mm -hmm. get in that scenario? What does a wedding look like when there's magic? Uh -huh. You have floating fucking lights and like, uh, you know, animated food and beverage brought around the room like the music just let me let me tell you something yeah. here as someone who is in the process of planning his own wedding the industry would be crazy one thing plane shifted destination weddings <laughs> people go uh to a completely different plane of existence oh my god we got married we got married at the top of a volcano in the fire plane it was um it was so hot oh my god my but dress so pretty. my dress had to be made out of dragon scale but so but pretty. we got married at night so the lava lit up and it was reflecting off the dragon scale and it kept me perfectly warm it was amazing yeah like something like that like just add in keep keep if you keep weddings normal that. but you just have wedding and i'm just imagining like take like the the beginning scene of fellowship when it's like bilbo's birthday and make that a wedding and it, like that's just really cool and so like say you're you have mm -hmm. any story that acts as a really great milestone moment of like it's a gathering like i love the notion of in any story like whether it's a game or book or movie or whatever or an rpg because this was one of my favorite 
modules I've ever played in D&D, a ball mm. of a, it is a, it is a gala. It is an event where you have a ton of people, a lot of social interactions, mm. a lot of mysterious elements can be going on because it's a big event. So anytime yeah. that, you, and especially in a fantasy world where you add in the magic component and you can make it a bit more foreign, mm -hmm. you could have a whole one shot centered around a magic wedding. They're, well, they did a critical role. Did That's that true. They did. When, I forgot when Vex and Percy got married. Yeah. Yeah. I'm envisioning, and this is something that could work with both a sci-fi or a fantasy world, but I love almost like the, um, not the Kunari, that's Dragon Age. What is the, not, what's the, the, the race that does the pilgrimage in Mass Effect? The Orians? The Quarians, yes. Where they don't have a home planet. They just, their, their home world is, is the fleet of ships. Yeah. And what if you did that for a, this would work in sci-fi or in a fantasy setting where what if the wedding took place on a fleet of ships and it was just all the, the ships gathering together mm. and that was where you held the yeah. wedding? That could be fun. I'm not thinking about uh, some noodles that what if all weddings had to occur at one specific location in this fantasy world of like there was a magic spot mm. where weddings are allowed to occur or maybe it's we were talking earlier about fusing souls. Maybe that's such a powerful. Magical, you have to do it at, at a specific spot where there's this naturally occurring magical yeah. ley line. Yes, yeah, so you have to go to this spot to do it. So then people are like, you have pilgrimages to the wedding. Yeah, it's not a destination oh, wedding. For oh, and pleasure. then you could have a Guy Fieri style mass wedding. The fuck is a Guy Fieri style mass wedding? He he officiated uh, hundreds of gay and lesbian weddings at once. What? When? Yeah, he did that. He did a he did a mass wedding years ago. Oh, cool. Wait, but I mean, yeah, I, in support of gay I think you wouldn't want to do it as like a mass thing. You'd probably want to do it more specific. Probably not, not, you probably not have enough population to have that. But it, I mean, you could, you could, you could definitely yeah, have it be like a mass thing. Uh, but I like the idea that the plate that the location is moving, like like the ship yeah. you spoke of, like it, it's a floating island in the sky, and you have to get up there, and that's like part of the pilgrimage is. That's is awesome. getting the magic to get up there, and you have to that. catch it like as it's going. So there's like a few spots where it's like so. Wedding season is like when it's passing by a specific mountain, and so it's easier to just jump off of the mountain. Like they have like a like a little bridge you can just drop down and see if you go there. Then it's super crowded. There's a ton of people there getting married because it's the island is passing by um, a natural point where people can can get there. Every other time of year, it's yeah. like if you can get up there by your own means, it'll be you'll have it to yourself forever. So then you can have a wedding where it's yeah. like it's happening in off season, so it's in the middle of nowhere, over the ocean or whatever. But you and your wedding party somehow made your way to there, and then it's like well, and that, a story. The story could be like this very this wedding that's existing on a on an island in the sky, and it's only you, and you're there for as long as you want it to be. And it's like a party for the century, but it's also like an interesting character drama of like we're fucking on an island in the middle of the sky together and not all of us have the magic to get away from here we got here by some magic that yeah. we did not control and well and then suddenly you get into a very um you you bring in a very strong socioeconomic element because maybe it's only the elites that have either the technology or the means to hire technology or magic or to yeah. study magic exclusively for long enough to get themselves yeah to that island on an off yeah, season. Yeah, basically you're creating the people who are getting married at City Hall and the people who are getting married at yeah. like a castle. You know, those are the two camps right. that you're creating here within a fantasy world. 
but it could also just be that like anybody could get up like if you can get up there it's like it's free to get up there but maybe it's like magic is a common thing or magic is like people can have magic themselves like you could be a wizard you could be a sorcerer or whatever and Mm -hmm. and you might have the power of flight so you might be able to make it happen even if you don't have a lot of money you could just go up there and what have you but um yeah it does create interesting like definitely it creates class conflict because has and have nots yeah yeah no no i i think that's i think that's great I do want to get to the idea. I do want to bring up an idea. What if you did? Do, I'm still stuck for some reason on mass wedding, and this isn't a mass wedding in the same sense. But mm-hmm. what if you did? Again, you've got this sort of telepathy world where the wedding doesn't happen physically; it happens in the astral plane. So everyone's sort of like Inception style, oh, just sharing a dream yeah. together. I like it. That could be kind of fun. I do. I fucking love um, that. And we talked about this in an episode once before about like the dreamscape where you can just go find each other. I think it was in a male episode yeah. of yeah. That's right, if you know people while you're asleep, you can find them in your dreams. So if you just you, if you got married in that state where it's like overnight, you have a like your dream wedding quite literally, and you just you track everybody down or you just invite everybody to say, hey, come see me at Allentown, Pennsylvania. Uh, I don't know some random place mm-hmm. where I've never been. Um, we're all going to, we're going to get married there. And then everybody comes to that spot in their dreams. And then you have a, the dream wedding and then you wake up and it's mm-hmm. go about your day. You're now married. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. I like that. I, I mean, I think it's also cool if you could, if you yeah. could like go to an astral plane or you go to another plane of existence. Um, I think anything where you're like, I think the metaphysical wedding is really cool. Because the physical wedding is kind of, I mean, it, I don't have to tell you, it's expensive. It's a bit of a racket in many ways mm-hmm. when it's like, well, if the the metaphysical act of agreeing to the partnership is what it's all about. And if you, right. if your world is one where pomp and circumstance aren't a thing, like if you're, especially if it's like a more like grounded medieval fantasy world, like why would people be spending money and resources on a wedding? They probably wouldn't be because they're trying to survive. So like if you're mm-hmm. if you have a world where people are um are super wealthy and like th- there's plenty of reason to just come up with an excuse to celebrate or to to celebrate and to, to have events and whatever, then like by all means. But if it's a really grounded, like old school, like Western medieval fantasy shit, then like you probably wouldn't have big weddings at all. You would probably be like the most mundane thing ever, and thus you would and it's like if you take away like the catholic church from that period in human history you're going to get a different version of marriage of what what does a wedding look like if it's not you just go down to the church and the priest does it what's it going to be very much so and well think about even how it showed padme and anakin getting married it was just the two of them with some dude <laughs> by like a river yeah let him be married man then we wouldn't have had the empire. Really, like, just yeah, like, you really fucked that up. They really just, they really just fucked everything. This is why vows of celibacy are really fucking stupid. Let priests get married, y'all. Let priests have they, sex. They were it's not, fine. They were not. They were not celibate. The Jedi never had to be celibate. They just couldn't get married. Which is yeah. Well, I'm talking about just like the real world. Like let's let let's let priests do well, the, yes. do things. Oh, it's please, really... you you know Obi Wan fucked. Yeah. Uh, what's her name? Um. In Clone Wars, the prince, the queen of Dathomir. Yeah, her, not Dathomir, Mandalore. Yeah, what was her name? So, uh, Celine, Serene, 
Satine. Uh, Satine. Yeah, yeah, they totally fucked. Um, but anyway, yeah, 100%. like I'm, I'm trying to think of like what's the simplest version of a wedding that you would do in a fantasy world. One that the one that could could be used in a grounded setting, like the. I think we're coming back to the Game of Thrones to to the, yeah to the wrapping of the claw. yeah. I think that's really cool. Or, <laughs> I'm laughing at the notion of like, what if it's just a fucking handshake? He just so like where it's literally like there is no ceremony. It's just a we are agreed to be married. Like we are calling each other husband and Huzzah. wife, and you just say okay. Much like people who are in like long term committed partnerships, you just say, "Oh, this is my partner," and it's like, well, you never like there's no, no like a formal ceremony to say we're partners. I mean, you could literally remove marriage as an institution, which is created mostly as a byproduct of religion anyway, and just say we are we are husband and wife. That is it. But then what? But then marriage. Dive deeper into your point. It brings into question what is the point of marriage? Yeah. If it's just flimsy and fallible, like there is a point. Mm -hmm. It is special to stand up in front of people and say, I, in front of all of y'all, say that I pledge these things to this person. It's why we do it in public. It's why we do it with a record, with witnesses. It doesn't even matter if it's a 100, 250 person wedding. There is a witness. Yeah, but why is there a witness? That says this is because of God. Because of, I mean, historically, maybe that's how it started, but it also, Hmm. there are questions even of family lineage and well so what if child like elements of child okay of 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 of, well it's lineage so bring back like bring in the concept of just like the county clerk the justice of the peace or whatever of like the courthouse you just go down to maybe it's the the ritual is like you have to go before the king or whoever's in charge uh go before the king or queen and, and and say we would like to be married here are our papers to confirm that we are of different houses or whatever. And you just, and they just say, sounds good stamp or whatever. And it's mm-hmm. the ritual is simplified where it's no matter. And maybe that, that could be an interesting sociological element is everybody has to do that. No matter how wealthy you are, even if you're the King's own son, mm-hmm. you must go before the King and declare your intention to be married to this person or whatever. And they approve it. And it, and it, it creates an inequality among all the marriages and it says your love is the same as everybody, everybody else's love. Like your love is no more special than mm-hmm. that person's love. You just happen to love that person. They happen to love that person. Good for all y'all. You have to come to me. And I'm the king. And I have to say, you're good yeah. to go. And it, it creates yeah. an interesting dynamic, probably creating a lot less resentment amongst the society because you might get to know people. You create more cross-cultural bonds of like, oh, I know that person because we got married on the same day. And so like we all celebrated together at, at a local tavern. And I'm now friends with these people who are in a completely different mm-hmm. station in life than me because we both had had this at the same time. I don't hate it. I think I'm out of noodles here. And Kyle, what uh, what's up for you? I'm really liking my last idea here a, a, a little bit of just the egalitarianness. I, I, I like the simplicity yeah. of that. I like the notion of the moving platform, the ritual space for a while. That's really fun. I like that That's one because it, cool. it, I think, creates a lot of opportunity. Um, I, I like what you said about the, the, the Romeo and Julieting of the teens in that concept of where in order to get married, you have to be truly in love and teens really fucking it up because of the Romeo and Juliet, like teen, uh, yeah. young love being an interference there. What's like for you? It's, it's, I'm still kind of stuck on that one too, a little bit. 
I really like that. I, I I'm still sort of stuck on the idea of of plane shift destination weddings. I just think that's really that's it's so human, right? Like that is absolutely something that people would obsess over. Is oh well, we got plane shifted by the high druid of the north. So you know, if you're going to get plane shifted and married in in the astral plane, how is that logistically going to be different than the? Uh, than doing the plane of fire or whatever plane you want to do it in, right? Like, I think that's really cool. And I really like the idea of um, having the marriage ritual be a successful task that the couple has to complete together, like a hunt or, or it doesn't matter what the task is, just it can be culturally relevant to the society. You set it. But I think that's really cool. cool. And then if you both make it back together, complete the task, then there's the party. Yeah, I don't know. I just think that idea just really resonated with me, especially as someone who's preparing to get married. All right. Well, that's what stuck for us. Let us know what stuck for you. Thanks for listening. Adios.